This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN New York. Good Sunday afternoon, everybody. Oh, what a gorgeous Sunday it is. Thank you for spending part of it with us here on 98.7 ESPN and the Larry Hardesty Show. Tom and Harvey along the way. We'll ride with you for the next couple of hours. You know what we do on Sundays. Play a little music. Talk a little sports. 1-800-919-3776. Also on X. Formerly Twitter. At Hardest to ESPN. At ESPN NY. 98 underscore 7 FM. We have company today at 1 o'clock. Dennis Wazak of the Associated Press, who covers the Jets, will join us. We'll get his thoughts on Aaron Rodgers coming next week, making his Jet debut and how the Jets looked last night in the loss. We'll also talk some Giants. Daniel Jones looked very impressive. I'll say this. I felt, and I realized... And we'll get to football a little later. I get it. They're playing against the second and the third and the fourth stringers. I get it. But it's it's who you perform against. Because guess what? If they were bad against the second, third, and fourth stringers, we'd be killing them. So we gave them some credit. They were able to execute. Daniel Jones looked real good. He and Waller, they're going to be an issue. I'm just telling you. And and the the rookie, Jaleel, they – He's going to be an issue. That kid's got speed. And I like how he dropped the pass and he went right back to him and he caught it again. There could be a problem. There could be a problem. But we begin with the New York Yankees. Now, here's, this, is what, this is what I'm doing for Yankee fans today. I'm not going to bash them. I'm not going to comment on them. I'm just here for you to vent to me. Because as bad as the Yankees have been this year, And they have struggled. And they have had different issues. They've had issues with pitching. And they've had issues with hitting. And they've had issues with fielding. And they've had issues with base runners. And they've had issues with saying things after games that make you scratch your head and and make you wonder what the heck is going on. This is really bad, folks. And this is spiraling worse. And I don't know if... Think about this. They have the opportunity to be swept by the Red Sox this afternoon. And drop even even further behind five under five hundred. So I'm just here for you to vent. I'm just here. Think of me as your therapist. The couch is here. It's open. You can lie down at one eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six and just vent. Maybe you're just numb. Because here's what I'll say. And I've had a chance to cover the Yankees. And fortunately for me, it wasn't a team like this. But I've covered the Yankees when they were on, when they were really good. I covered the Yankees when they were maybe not, I covered them in 09 World Series and stuff like that. But, you know, I I also covered them when they didn't make it to the post, didn't, didn't make it to the World Series and they had sustainable success. Okay. And it was, when I was covering them, it was like if you lost to the Red Sox, in the season series, something could happen. You know, you remember that Yankee fans like, okay, we we can't accept losing to our arch rival, the Red Sox. So we have to go out and make some changes because that's unacceptable. I mean, I remember back in the day, uh, we had New York Sports Tonight hosted by Don LaGreca and and, and folks like uh, Rich Catino and, and Peter Schwartz and um, uh, Meredith Morakovic and... Andrew Marchand, before he went back to the post, and I would be at the stadium doing interviews, okay, for that show. And when it was Red Sox-Yankees, it was like, 
It was Armageddon. Okay, it was, oh, this is the most important, this is it. Remember when ESPN would start the season with Yankees-Red Sox. That, that would be the opening week, and it would be the opening week, and it would be the last week. And now, right now, and not, and this is not to say that Boston is the best team in baseball either. I mean, they're struggling too. But, I mean, it just seems as though when you look at the Yankees, it, it's like they've kind of given up. They're, 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 it's not – games are over early. You know what I mean? By Harvey, Harvey was telling me he and Joe working yesterday. Game on, second inning, back, home, game over, done. You you have no sense that this Yankee team is able to come back. You have no sense that they're not. And I'm not I'm not around them enough to say they have quit. And I'm not saying that because for me that is a very serious accusation against professional athletes or any athlete. When you understand the competitiveness that made them competitiveness and talent that got them to the level they are. So when I say somebody's quit, it's got to be like, you got to slap me in the face a couple of times and say, Larry, wake up. They're not giving you anything. They've quit. But what I'm saying here with this team is when they down, they, they don't get up. They don't really get up. The only person that, that shows you something is Judge. At least he'll hit a home run. I mean, I hear you now. Well, now he hits the home run. Well, that's the pitch he got. They're not, they're not giving him pitches in key moments because there's nobody else around him that can hurt him. So I'm not pitching the judge in the key moment. If, if I've got a six-run lead and I, go, and I happen to get one over the plate, he hits one, so what? Nobody else is going to hit. So I'm good. And yesterday, adding insult to injury was... Uh, Garrett Cole was was awful, and that's that's scary because he's been the best thing on this team all season, and it's not even close. Let's hear from the Yankee skipper Aaron Boone yesterday. Aaron, what were you seeing from Cole in the first few games, and what are you not seeing now? Just just some long at bats. You know they they were able to spoil a lot of pitches on him, outlast him a little bit. Um, soft field out there. Harrison slipped on the one ball that kind of pro- prolonged that one and set up the the big home run. So uh, just you know not quite his day. I mean, simple things that are just killing this ball club. It, you look at them. It's like, do you guys know how to play the game? And it just happens. It is one of those years where everything that could happen has happened. Aaron, do you think Cole's pitching has been affected by the challenge in run support? I don't know. I mean, I think Garrett's, you know, so so focused every single day on getting ready for that, for his start and knowing what he's got to do to be successful. So, look, I, I think you ask any pitcher, and obviously you want, you want to get that run support, but, you know, he's out there to go, you know, be our ace and, and, and try and go dominate the opponent. And that's what he's done most of the season. He's put the run support behind him, and that's what he's done. Now, we may have the question mark of, well, why is he only going X amount of innings? Why isn't he going only X amount of pitches? He's the ace. He's the best choice you have of winning a game. Why are you pulling him out so early and going to the bullpen, a beleaguered bullpen, who's been asked to get 12, 15 outs on a regular basis, and now ask them to try to get nine where maybe if he win another inning, they could get six. 
and maybe have a chance to win. So that's another question that you may have. But for the most part, this season, Garrett Cole has put on the arm and he's gone out there and he's been outstanding. He had one bad outing yesterday against Boston. It happens. It's one of the few really non-competitive outings he's had. And I don't know whether if Bader doesn't slip or some of the errors that happened, fielding errors or bonehead plays or things of that nature, if that didn't happen earlier, maybe he doesn't give up. Maybe it's not as bad as that. But on the other side of the coin, I mean, how many runs did the Yankees score yesterday? Aaron, why do you think a turnaround is possible with this team the way they're playing right now? Because that's what we do. And we have no other choice. I don't not think a turnaround's coming. So we're just going to get to work. And I I know it's a boring answer for you guys, but we got to try and come win a ball game tomorrow and expect when we walk in those doors, today's the day. That's that's how we look at it. That's that's what we are. We're sick animals in a a lot of ways, right? It's a grind of the sport. We got to, we got to, we got to come ready to go tomorrow and fight our way through this. And through this, you reveal, you, you find out about people and, and you get your character revealed and, and you got to keep showing up. And, and when you're taking your lumps and it's not easy, that's what we continue to do. And we and will continue to expect to turn it around. Okay, so with that in mind, Aaron, what have you learned about your team so far? That we keep showing up. You know, I know it. It hasn't looked good at all, and we're all not happy about it. But I know those guys are coming through those doors feeling it, certainly, um, and you got to get through that. But I also know they're putting in the work and want it to happen, and we got we got to continue to do that and hopefully relax a little bit and get out there and, and get it done. So if I'm to believe what Aaron Boone is saying, And he's in better shape to say it than I am. I don't see them every day. I don't see them in batting practice. I don't see them when the media's not around. He's around that team every minute of every day that they're in that ballpark. Then what I would have to describe or deduct from his thought process and his statement is very simple. (laughs) They're just not good. That's it. They're just not good. They just don't have the talent. Because... If they're working as hard as he's saying, and they're going out there every day and they're giving it their all, and they have been as bad as this team has been this season, under 500 for the first time this late in the season since God knows when. We know that they will finish the season under 500 if they do for the first time since 1992. All right, so if if they are working that hard and get out on the field and look, this bad, they're not that good. That's as simple as it's as simple as that. And then we don't have to start banging our heads against the wall, wondering what's wrong with this team, wondering when's it gonna change, because if they're just not that good. It's very simple. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on ninety-eight point seven ESPN. The Larry Harsty Show on 987 ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. I mean, think about this, Yankee fans. The team has lost seven straight games. They're in last place 
in the AL East. And they are five games behind the fourth-place Red Sox, having lost seven straight. I mean, it's, it's unconscionable how this team has struggled. It, 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 it's, it just is. It just is. Spikes in St. Pete. Spikes, start us off on this Sunday afternoon. Well, I'm so glad you're on. I was uh, talking to Harvey. I, I got to give all the producers uh, their props. They're nice, polite young men, and they treat you with respect, and uh, they're very well-versed and got a nice crew there. You should be very appreciative. I'm sure you are. Definitely so. so. Don't forget Chantel. She's, the, she's here, too. No, she, she, she does a great well, job as well. Chantel's great. We have some very interesting conversations, a lot of personal stuff, and hmm. I'm not trying to leave anybody out. Harvey just happened to pick me no, up. No, and, no problem. And I just wanted to make sure everybody knows. Not, not on you. No, that's, I, that's my job. I, I know <laughs> them. There are yeah, a couple. There are a couple of them that have similar voices, and uh-huh. uh, but uh, there's something when you get older, and and the, the respect they treat you with is much appreciated. So, so here's where I stand on it. Um, mm-hmm. I said to Harvey, it, it seems, I'm not saying the 64 Phillies, because you know, 90% of your listening audience doesn't know what I'm talking about. No disrespect to them. But it's like they, they were told to lose. They, they're disinterested. That's a word you don't hear very mm-hmm. frequently. They look disinterested with a few exceptions. And, and the stuff that I told Ty the other night, because he's gotten a lot of airtime, and it's, it's summer, and I said Boone's uh, press, presses, because now they're becoming almost, to me, must-watch, because I'm not watching the games. I wanted Severino to be the opener every other day so I could not even bother watching. And I'm not casting aspersions at anybody. They just, they, it's like they got shot. Don't win. It, it, you know, if it's a horse race, they, they take a urine sample. But Boone's become like a, a ventriloquist, but he's sitting on the leg of the ventriloquist. It's it's comical now. I mean, he has nowhere to go and nothing to say. I've never seen anything like that. And it's a six-week period. Now, here's the difference between the Mets and the Yankees. Steve Cohn's a businessman. He cut his losses. He's resetting. He, he knows how to do these things uh, through business. He's trying to see if the business uh, you know, model will be applicable to baseball. Remains to be seen. And uh, but this is the longest period of time. It's almost six weeks that you'll have no interest in baseball unless you want to watch negative stuff. And who wants that? This is all leisure time. As far as the football goes, you know, if I hear any more about the Jets and the offensive line and how many snaps the the, the Mackay Becton took, look. I, I, uh, a mutual friend of ours just said to me the other day that Aaron Rodgers will be as good until a pass rush comes through and he gets popped one time. You know, that's, that's the whole story with him. They've marketed him a lot better than he's taken live snaps, that's for sure. So that's it. I'll wait for the fever. I'll watch some uh, basketball, and I'll tune in when the football starts. But Larry... You know, uh, you're, you're a number of years younger than me. I've never seen the demise of a team in, in a 10-day period. It's just like they're different people. Am I wrong? You're not wrong, Spike. Thanks for the phone call. And I think when you said disinterested, it's uh, it, it's a good word 
It's a good adjective to describe. I think the other thing that you're looking at too is not only disinterest, but you're looking at, you know, maybe they really don't believe. You know, when you're in the clubhouse and you see, you see and you hear what players are doing and things of that nature, you know. <laughs> we, we we can't win this. We can't win it. We don't have enough. We can't. We 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 don't have it. You, players know players. Okay? There's a feeling in the clubhouse, a dugout, a locker room, that you know, man, we we're we don't have it. Players know. And you know what? Here's what's so sad. Aaron Boone knows. He knows this team is not good. He knows what his job is trying to right now is to try to figure this out as best he can. He knows he doesn't have a lot of talent on this team. It's, it's, it's obvious. It's been obvious all year. Okay? It's been obvious all year. The team's not good. It's not good. And that's the situation here. So, yeah, disinterested, uh, lost lost uh, reality. We're not going anywhere. We can't beat anybody. Players know. Players get it. Justin's in Tom's River. What's up, Justin? Hey, what's going on, Larry? Thank you for taking my phone call. Um, you know, I, I'm just really disgusted at this point, Larry. You know, obviously coming out of the All-Star break, you know, the only series they've won is against the Royals. And at this point in the season, you know, I never thought Boone would be have a possibility of being fired during the season. I'm a big proponent of getting rid of Cashman. I mean, this is an absolute disgrace at this point. And, you know, it, it, it's really sad at this point. And, you know, it, in my opinion, if I was Hal, I, w- I would let Boone go at this point. And I never thought he would have a chance of getting fired during the season. And the reason why I say that, you know, the Yankees are real particular in who they hire, obviously. And maybe just to give Chan- uh, Matt Blake a look to see what how, how the team responds to him and how he – manage the manage the team and if he doesn't work out then at least you know from this point on that Matt Blake isn't the guy and then at least you move forward from there at this point I hear what you're saying Justin thanks for the phone call I just I I don't think they'll make I don't I don't think they'll make a change and to be honest if you're a Yankee fan you shouldn't want them to make a change you should want it to be as bad as possible and I get it's hard. Listen, it, as a Met fan, it's hard to watch what I'm watching. We get it. We understood the move. We weren't going anywhere. Move on. Let's get rid of the players and start fresh next season. Throw the season away. Yes, I get it. It's hard to root for a team that's not playing any meaningful games for the rest of the season. I get it. I'm there. But ultimately, when you consider that this was a team that was swept in the ALCS last year by Houston and in some of the games, in most of the games, they looked like they didn't even belong on the same field with the Astros. Okay? And so, and no changes were made. Offensively. No changes were made. So it means that for changes to be made, it's got to be as bad as possible. So if you're a Yankee fan, just suck it up and, and just deal with it. It's gonna it's it's bad. And you should want it to get as bad 
as possible. Because the worse it gets, it forces upper management to say, oh, this is unacceptable. We have to change. We can't, we cannot run it back. Can't do it. You can't run this back. Yankee fans, I'm here for you. You want to vent to me? I'm here. I, I understand what you're going through. I do. Yes, no, maybe maybe the team I root for doesn't have 27 championships. No, maybe the team I root for doesn't have, you know, sustainable success. But right now, we're both in the same position. We're both watching non-competitive teams, and we'll have to do it for the rest of the season. So I'm just here. You can vent to me. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Hardesty on the Sunday on 98.7 ESPN. We get to your calls in a second. Let me just say this. I'm perusing a little USA Showcase basketball, and the United States is playing Germany. And Germany is playing mid-90s NBA basketball. Very physical. Little nudge from time to time when you go to the basket. And uh, the U.S. is struggling. Struggling a little bit. And Germany's very good. Very good. Uh, so it's, I'm curious to see how the U.S. deals with this uh, and how they're going to respond to this type of play. And so, some of the officiating has been... Um, in the in the interest of international play, um, curious. <laughs> so I could be an ambassador somewhere. <laughs> yeah, some of the calls were curious, not questionable, no no criticizing, just curious. That's all, curious. Sharif is in Staten Island. Sharif, you're next on ninety eight seven. Hey, thanks for taking my call. You got it, Sharif. Um, What's up? Uh, nothing. Basically, you know, listening. I'm a Yankee fan since I was born. Okay. My father sitting on my father's lap watching the games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's logic. You know, the Yankees have been losing. They've been under 500 for over 150 games. I forgot what somebody said. 150, 200 games. So the the proof is already there. I get that you want to show that at the end of the season. You know, the rest of the games that they have to lose and make it worse as possible. But it's already bad, and and. You know, I've been a Yankee fan since Jeter and all these great, great, great teammates, and it's been fun to watch. But sometimes you just got to just say it, it. You know, you got to change up. Like I remember hearing somebody saying, like, you know, you got to get rid of everybody. You got to start over. You can't. You, you can't. You, can't, you got to get rid of all the contracts. You got to get rid of the coaches. You got to get rid of the GM. You know, get Derek Jeter as the GM. Get um, Don Mattingly as head coach. You know, do things and change it up. Mm-hmm. I hear you, Sharif. Thanks for the phone call. And they're going, I don't know that they will ask Derek Jeter to come in. I, I'm still not convinced that Brian Cashman, who just signed the four-year contract, is going to be shown the door. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I mean, you know, they do have options, as I mentioned to my partner during the week on ESPN New York tonight, Gordon Damer, who's a big-time Yankee fan. I mean, you can move Cashman to do other things and not, you know, he could do something else in the organization. He doesn't have to be GM. <laughs> you could do something else if that's what you feel needs to be done. 
If you don't want to fire him, okay, that's your right. We're not, you know, I understand fan standpoint, and they want him move moved out because he hasn't done the job or the moves that he's made has not worked. I get it, and that's and that is something that has to be discussed and decided upon, no doubt about that. But let's say from a management standpoint, you don't want to do that. All right, so you just move him to a different position in the company. All right, you can do that. But yeah, Sharif. A lot of things have to change. There's no question. A lot of things. And it's not and it's not going to change overnight. It's not any it's not just okay, we're one or two players away, we just need to get we just need to get, you know, uh a, a catcher and and a fourth starter and we'll be okay. No, 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 no. There's a lot of things that have to be done. And it's got to be done. I think it's got to be done in stages. You know, give me a, give me a, um, a left fielder that knows how to play left field. Give me a third baseman that knows how to play third. Give me a catcher that can hit. Okay, that's a start, but that doesn't solve everything. But see, once again, because of the bad contracts and stuff that you have, you're not in the position to just blow it up. Nobody's going to take. You know, this is not Verlander. Two more years on the contract with Stanton. Stanton's got four more years. I mean, who's going to take that contract? So you have, it's got to be done gradually. This is not even a, you know, this is not even a, uh, let's let's blow it up and build it. This is something because of the contracts that you have that you got to, you know, do it on gradually. Do it gradually. That's the way, you you know, that's the way it's got to be done. Uh, let's go to Tom in Cold Spring. Tom, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry. How you doing? Thanks for taking my call. Appreciate it. You got it, Tom. What's up? So, a couple of things. One mm-hmm. is uh, just a comment on, uh, I guess, Justin. I think it was his name. was talking about Matt Blake. Yeah. I mean, come on. Matt, Matt Blake, I don't even think he's a good pitching coach, much less a good manager. I mean, Jordan Montgomery got traded for Bader. He changed his pitch mix a little bit when he went to St. Louis, became a better pitcher. You know, I'm not blaming Matt Blake for Luis Severino, but, you know, when Severino gave up seven runs in the first inning, Matt Blake did not come out to the mound to even give him a blow, a break. I mean, come on. What is he, too busy in the dugout? What's he doing? So, Matt Blake, I, 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 I don't even want Matt Blake as our pitching coach. Second thing. And I'm, then I'll let you you let you uh, go to town, Larry. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandon Nimmo. Okay, yeah. I'm a Yankee fan. I don't dislike the Mets, but mark my words, Brandon Nimmo and that contract is going to end up being more of an albatross to the Mets than you know Hicks's contract was to the Yankees. I mean, the guy's 30 years old, and he's. Got 18 homers. He's hitting 260 something, 50 ribbies, and he's 30. And he signed an eight-year, 162 million dollar contract. I mean, I'm not even convinced he was ever as good as Aaron Hicks was at his best. So, anyway, well, you, your show this. is great. Say, your show you, is great, Larry. Do, do your thing, man. It. Your show is awesome. Thanks. I appreciate it. Thanks for the phone call. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I think. He's better than Aaron Hicks has been, even because he's had less worse years than Aaron Hicks has. I mean, there was a couple of years where Aaron Hicks did nothing. 
I mean, you would have killed for what you're talking about, what Nimmo's had. You would have killed for Nimmo's numbers for Aaron Hicks. The, the, the last couple of years, you would take those numbers. Now, you might be right. I, I, I thought eight years was a bit much for him also. But you're dealing with, a, with, a, with an owner who, listen, when he gets 36 and he, and he doesn't like the, 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 you know, the production he's getting from him, you know what he'll do? He'll pay him off and trade him and get him out of town. That's the, that's the way Steve Cohen is working. He's shown you what he'll do. He's already shown you. So, so if I can get six really good years out of Brandon Nimmo, six really good, and, and this was a down year for him so far. It's been a down year for most of the Mets offensively. Okay? So, yeah, it, it might be bad. You're right. He might not be that good. Might not be at 36, 37, 38. But he's but defensively, he's really good. This year, once again, not his best. Made some base running blunders. But to be fair, he's probably been the most consistent Met all season. Shows you what kind of year they've had. As far as Matt Blake is concerned, listen, nobody, I would think, just me, I don't think anybody from this coaching staff is going anywhere. I don't think that when I think they're all gone. I think that whole staff is leaving. I just do. I mean, when you have an epic fail like this of a team that was at the ALCS, even if you laugh and joke and say they weren't an ALCS team, and we could have that discussion because I kind of agree with you. The second half of the Yankee season last year was more reality as to who they really were talent-wise than the first half of the Yankee season. First half of the Yankee season, they overachieved. They were fabulous. They were great. But the second half is probably closer to the talent they had. Why do I say that? Because that's the type of team that you've seen over the past, over this season too. You haven't seen anything that resembled the team that you saw in the first half of 2021, 2022. Nothing. So no, Matt Blake, I, nobody. They're going to let, Boone is going to ride this thing out. They're not bringing anybody else in. They're not going to do, they're going to, let it ride just the way it is. They are. They're not gonna. They're not gonna. They're not gonna put anybody out of the misery. <laughs> you are stuck with what you're seeing right now, my friends. Anthony's in Brooklyn. What's up, man? And a uh, great show as always. Listen, I agree with you 100. percent They're not going to do anything. They're going to let them ride it out. But uh, you know, after hearing all about how since you know 2018 that the whole minor league system, that they had all these ex-ball players that were, you know, coaches and managers, and they've turned around like 40 to 50 of them. Hearing about all the NASA NASA guys that are coming in and calling the shots. I mean, that stuff has to be addressed. I mean, the guy that, I'm sorry, I don't know his name. Maybe you do. I really wanted to get your opinion. But the guy that came out and was just talking about how the whole you know, Yankees organization has been has been run since since 2018. It's it's a it's an absolute failure. I want to hear Cashman. Listen, Cashman's going to stay. Okay, you're paying him all this money. What are you going to do different? When are you going to start to get a, you know get away from all these computers and everything that it, it they're not working? It, it, I I just you know just li- like to hear your opinion on that. Anthony, thanks for the phone call and the kind words. That was Ben Ruda, a former Yankee uh, minor leaguer. Uh, he was on with our colleague Anita Marks. Great interview. Um, she ran it yesterday. I heard it again in its entirety. Uh, she did that, as a matter of fact, she did that in July. And uh, 
he came out and made some more comments and uh, listened to her yesterday. They, uh, her and the staff reached out to try to get him back on. And he's like, well, some of the comments he made, he's taking a step back. And I get that. But uh, listen, he, he's not wrong with what he's saying. And it kind of explains why uh, the Yankees are in the problem they're in as far as the success of the minor leaguers that they've had hopes into so far. Okay? And what's scary about that is if he's right, then that means you had the opportunity to move on from some of these minor leaguers and get better players. And now you may have misdiagnosed or misscouted your own crew. And that could be an issue. Because if these players that you have in your minor league system that you're saying, well, we hold on to them, they'll be okay. We know they're going to be something. And they may be, but all of them aren't. I mean, nobody bats 100 in their minor league system. (laughs) Nobody does. Nobody. So if you could have moved on and gotten a Luis Castillo, and I get Volpe was in the mix and what I get, but still. I don't know. Something you got to think about. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Hardesty on a Sunday on 98.7 ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. Checking out, uh, you know, your calls. I'm here for you, Yankee, Yankee fans. I'm here for you. I'm here for you. I'm just listening, trying to give you some comfort to ease your thought process. That's all I'm trying to do. We'll turn our attention to some football. Dennis Wasek of the Associated Press does a tremendous job covering the Jets. Will join me at 1 o'clock. Talk about the game last night. Talk about Aaron Rodgers playing against the Giants. Ooh, finally. So, you know, we got some conversation. But I got a couple of minutes to, for you, to Yankee fans, to just come in the event. You know, take a deep breath. I'm here for you. I'm here. Ernest is in Brooklyn. What's up, Ernest? Hey, how you doing? Great. Uh, I am a Mets fan, and I am just so sick of the Yankee crybabies. Well, I just want to say for one thing, Cashman is a great GM. He really is. The problem is you have to go from how to the top and redo everything. For one thing, Cashman always, he got plenty of money to spend, but he keeps going to the 99-cent store getting these injured players. And how about this? How about we change the whole culture? If you're going, um, for instance, Yankee Stadium is great for home runs for left-handed hits. How about we get guys, not just Neanderthals, me hit home run or me strike out. How about you get people that hit for contact? How about just getting on base? Get athletic players. You've got all these old pitches. I know with the money constraints, you can't redo everything. But hey, who's going to take those? Who's going to take those players? You've got contracts. You, you either you're going to have to just dump the contract, get some athletic players. Tell Cashman, look, um, analytics is a tool. It's not the Bible. You have to get athletic players. Stop getting launch angles, all that crap. Just get players that can make contact and get on base. That's for one thing. The only thing I could say about the Mets, at least the Mets, hey, we got some old pitches. We thought we could do it. It didn't work out. We're scrapping everything. I, that took courage just to say that. 
because Yankee fans, they're spoiled. You make Cashman, you make the playoffs almost every year, but the problem is you have the wrong approach. You can't slug your way out of anything. It doesn't work anymore. Change it. That's all, all right, I got to say. Thanks for the phone call. So you're partially right, and here's where I kind of disagree with you. You know, uh, it's it's really it's the combination. Okay, it's the combination of of contact and power. I mean, the Astros hit home runs. Tampa hits home runs. There there are there are a number of teams who hit home runs. It's not that. So it's not just the home runs that are the issue. The biggest issue is the fact that there's so many times they don't make contact. So that part, you're right. You need you need some folks that make a little contact, and they're not doing that. And so that's an issue. But ultimately, and, and the other thing is, Hal's not going anywhere. That's a family business. He he's not he's going to be there. So you're not changing Hal. You're not changing any any of the ownership part of that team. That's not that's not happening. Not happening. And once again, yeah, it did take courage for Steve Cohen to do that. But once again. Ernest, he, he wasn't dealing with a four-year deal and a no-trade with Verlander. A two-year deal, no trade. It's a little different. And and Verlander just come off a Cy Young Award last year and an injury and was pitching well. Maybe not great, but he was pitching well. Who would take Giancarlo Stanton right now? Who? What major league team would take him right now? Even if you paid part of the four years off. Even if you paid all the four years off, who's going to take him? You're stuck with him. You can't go anywhere with him. Danny's in Long Island. What's up, Danny? Good afternoon, Larry. A couple of thoughts. Uh, I'd much rather be talking about how my Pittsburgh Steelers manhandled the Buffalo Bills for the first quarter They look good, night. my friend. They look good. That young I'm quarterback looks good. He looks good. Defense looks good. Highsmith's going to be an all-pro uh, Joey Porter Jr. looked good, but anyway, let's get, let's 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 focus on the task at hand here. You know, as far, I just want to comment on Nimmo. You know, Nimmo, uh, the previous caller, Nimmo got better every single year as he progressed. I never thought he was going to be as good as he was, but it just goes to show you have to give guys time to mature. And then this year, earlier in the year, I heard announcers start saying he's going to try to hit more home runs and be more aggressive in the count because some idiot with a slide rule and a calculator in the cybermetric department thinks that hitting 10 more home runs is better, even though he's average dropped 45 points. No, it's not, you idiot. You put the leadoff man on base, and things start to happen. Just because you're a random home run, think about you know it, It's just stupidity, and that goes on to the Yankees. Now, if you, the Yankees' problems can be settled very easily. I think Boone's going to go because something has to happen. He's not going to fire Cashman. But, Mr. Steinbrenner, if you're listening to me, you fire your entire cybermetrics department, Whoever you hire, you say you get an old school manager and say you are to send the information to the manager. And at no point is anyone from this department or Brian Cashman going to speak to my manager about field level decisions. You give him the information. He runs the team because I'm looking at stats that like there's 10 players in Major League Baseball that have played in every single game. And four of them are on the Atlanta Braves, leading the leagues in home runs, RBIs, and hits. And a fifth guy on the Braves missed five weeks at the beginning of the season with a broken wrist and has played in every single game 
since then. That's Major League Baseball we grew up in. When you look at the box score, you knew what it was going to say. You put guys in the lineup every single day because an 0 for 4 is going to be followed by a 2 for 4. You can't mm-hmm. be guessing why, why a professional athlete needs a, 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 a day off after playing a baseball game is beyond me. But that's what you need to do. You, you want to have, have all these statistics? Fine, take them. Fall them to the manager and get some old school manager who would literally slam the door in some 25-year-old kid's face with his slide rule and his pocket uh, thing with the pens and pencils telling mm-hmm. him who to put yep. into a game. That <laughs> solves the problem. Thank you. My rant's over. All right, Danny. Thanks. <laughs> I don't know if they'll do the old school manager trick, but that's what you need. I agree. Not We're not saying that analytics aren't working. We're not saying you don't use them because numbers have been in baseball forever. Managers have used numbers about, you know, opposition and everything forever, forever. But there was a balance. And it just looks like sometimes the balance has been lost, especially when you start talking about a guy's hot. We got to sit him. What are you doing? He's hot. You play him. You sit him when he's when he's struggling. <laughs> That's when you sit him. Matt's in Jersey. What's up, Matt? How you doing, Larry? Thanks for taking the call. Um I'm going to try and squeeze a lot in here. You know, first and foremost, the approach and, and what they're doing, you know, especially with the Ben Ruda comments, needs to change. And the, and the arrogance that they have this thing whole this whole thing figured out um, when when they're spitting in the face of you know guys like Alex Rodriguez and and Edgar Martinez and the science of hitting by Ted Williams is just besides me that they think that the two the two ten Mark Teixeira way of doing it is better. And on top of that, you know, this team with this, this, this idea that Hal wants to get payroll under $100 million and be the raise when they're charging $30 a month for yes and you have to buy games on Amazon Prime and they're making it harder and harder to watch this team and they're putting out a product that's just absolutely boring and he doesn't understand why fans are upset. It just if this team just continues down this road, it just shows that Hal just has this lack of urgency. And, and I want to go back to you know the '90s real quick or the 2000s, early to, or mid 2000s. Hal Steinbrenner was never supposed to take over this team. He kind of got forced into the role because you know, unfortunately, what happened to Hank. And, and you know, for the longest time, we heard Steve Swindoll was going to take over this team, and he had the urgency of George and George knew that what it would take to kind of keep his legacy going and it just feel like Hal just doesn't understand that he doesn't have the urgency and, and it's all about lining the pockets of the investors at this point and well, I'll say just, this Matt you know, it and I'm like up against the clock thanks for your phone call you made some, some interesting points I will say this um, Hal was Hal was going to be involved from the financial standpoint and yeah, it, it's about business with him. It's about money. It's about numbers. But he does want to win. I mean, let's face it. It's not like the Yankees have a payroll that's like Tampa. It's the second highest payroll in baseball behind the Mets. It's the players that they've chosen that have hurt them. Not that they haven't spent the money. They spent the money in the wrong places. We'll turn our attention to some football. Dennis Wozak joins me next on 98.7. ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN.